Hi there. In today's podcast, we're looking at truth in scientific studies and why research does not always reflect reality. Not all scientific research is as valid as it sounds. Let's uncover the truth together today while improving your English listening and enhancing your analytical skills in English too. Health news is a frequent topic in the podcast, so I often quote what I call scientific studies or research, R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H. But how reliable is this data? What can go wrong with research? Reliable, R-E-L-I-A-B-L-E, means you can rely on it, means you can rely on it to be true. These are great questions and the subject of valid research in its own right. So stay tuned, lots of ways to tell whether the research you're reading is valid or not. Hello, I'm Hilary and you're listening to Adept English. We will help you to speak English fluently. All you have to do is listen. So start listening now and find out how it works. First of all, a quick piece of advice for those of you who find our podcast difficult. Our most common 500 words course focuses on the words that you'll hear every day. This course is a listen and learn course, just like our podcasts, but using only the most common 500 words. This means you learn them really well. And with this understanding, your level of English will be greater and the podcast will be easier to understand. Go to our courses page at adeptenglish.com to find out more about this course. So today's question. How do you tell good research from bad? What are the ways in which research can go wrong? The worst is, of course, falsified data. To falsify, F-A-L-S-I-F-Y, means to make it up. And there are examples of people or organisations who have falsified data. Usually where this happens, there is financial gain. People make money out of it. An example of falsified data that you may remember, it was in the news in 2014 when various car companies, car makers were cheating, falsifying the data on diesel emissions for their cars, making the results look much better than they really were. That's an example of falsified data. Completely falsified data isn't that common. But what is much more common is what we call in English biased data. That's B-I-A-S-E-D, biased, meaning it's based on the truth, but presented in a way that misleads us so that it appears to mean something that it doesn't. Just imagine if this happened on a pharmaceutical drug trial. You do a pre-study for a new drug, a pre-study for a new drug trial. So that means a study before the main study. And let's say that on that pre-trial, the people with the really bad side effects from the drug drop out. They don't want to carry on and be part of the main trial. So you remove them. The bad side effects that they had aren't counted and you're left with the people, the trial participants who don't get such bad side effects from the drug. You could then say our new drug is really well tolerated. So few people had side effects. That wouldn't be right, would it? If anybody did that, it would be misleading. 
Another thing which is very common practice, and again, I think is misleading, especially in terms of the benefit of a drug or medicine, it's presented in relative, not absolute terms. I'll explain. If I told you, oh, this drug will cut your risk of this particular disease by 50%, you'd probably want to take the drug, wouldn't you? It would seem worthwhile. But that's a relative figure. If I gave you the absolute figure, the absolute risk reduction of this drug, maybe it would cut your risk from 2% of getting the disease to 1%. Would you think it was worth taking then? It's still a 50% reduction, but it's not the same, is it? That's misleading. Always ask your doctor for the absolute risk reduction figures for a drug rather than the relative. Then there's a whole area of research which ends up being misleading unintentionally without someone having that purpose. To mislead, M-I-S-L-E-A-D, and the past participle misled, M-I-S-L-E-D, the verb to mislead means cause you to draw a conclusion that's not true or not quite true. There's also the adjective misleading, M-I-S-L-E-A-D-I-N-G. So an example of unintentional misleading data. Early in the 2000s, the Labour government in the UK decided to promote the use of diesel cars above petrol engine cars. Better for the environment, they said. They gave incentives for drivers to buy diesel rather than petrol cars. What happened when there were more diesel cars on the roads? Well, it's estimated that there were many thousands more deaths from lung disease because of the greater number of diesel cars and the effect of diesel fumes on people's health. The research hadn't looked at this particular effect, only at the idea that diesel cars create less carbon dioxide, less CO2, and that was better for the environment. So that was a disaster. It's what we call unintended consequences, an outcome that you didn't see or expect. And this happened because the research didn't ask all the right questions. It only looked at the effect of diesel cars on the environment, not on people. Sometimes the way that research is reported in the press, in the newspapers and the TV news, that's also misleading. They're, of course, looking for a story. So the more sensational way of talking about the data is what they choose. Again, it's misleading because a particular group have an investment or a particular interest in something here selling newspapers. They're biased, in other words. And sometimes research is misleading because there are just so many factors at work, not all of which are particularly measurable or they may not all be considered in the study. For example, you might ask a research question like, is there a connection between breastfeeding and intelligence? The number of breastfed babies who get good exam results later on when they take their GCSEs, let's say, is there a connection between the number of babies who are breastfed and the number of those babies who get good GCSE exam results when they're 16? Breastfed 
B-R-E-A-S-T-F-E-D is a past participle of the verb to breastfeed. And if you're breastfed, it means your mother fed you herself with her own milk naturally. I'm sure if you collected this data, you would probably find a connection between breastfeeding and better exam results, or certainly a correlation that C-O-R-R-E-L-A-T-I-O-N meaning some kind of relationship between these two pieces of data. So you could think on reading this that people are more intelligent because they were breastfed. But is this correct? I think the difficulty with research of this kind is that there are so many other factors at work, it's hard to tell. Breastfeeding is quite difficult and it's more likely to happen in situations where mothers are highly motivated educated, well-supported, better off. It's more likely to happen where there is already advantage. That's in the UK, at least. So those factors of advantage are also likely to contribute to whether or not a child does well at their exams when they're 16 years old. So correlation is not causality. It doesn't mean that one thing causes the other. Something else which can affect research results, there may be political or organisational investment in a particular outcome from the research, a particular result, meaning that an organisation or politics in general wants the results to look a certain way. And this can have the effect of biasing the data. In some areas, this isn't so much of a problem, but in other areas, the political agenda, that's A-G-E-N-D-A, -E here meaning what people want to happen, the political agenda can cloud results. I think this is increasingly a threat in areas like psychology. In extreme cases, if the person doing the research has findings, has results, which go against the usual way of thinking, they might be defunded. They may not get any more money for research or it may damage their reputation. Some people have staked their careers on research results that say a certain thing. If someone comes up with data that contradicts this, it's not always popular. But true scientific inquiry should always be driven by the results, by the authentic results even if that goes against what's gone before. This can be made really difficult by funding and circumstances. Another problem, where the results of research are measurable and there are a few variables, scientific testing is very dependable. This is where science and research are at their best. But there are many subject areas where things are not very measurable, not easy to quantify. That's Q-U-A-N-T-I-F-Y. To quantify means to measure the amount of something. One of these is in the field of mental health, my specialism. Human beings are complicated and there are lots of factors, multiple variables, as we say. I think one of the problems is that psychology tries to be a science in order to be credible, believable in other words, but it's dealing in something, human minds, where science matters, but individuals are all different. And the understanding of human minds is as much an art, a skill set as a science. That's why I prefer psychotherapy as a discipline. It's allowed to be more of an art.
I'll talk to you at some point in the future about the psychology replication crisis, the crisis in psychology at the moment where they're trying to replicate previous experiments, which the field depends upon, which psychology students learn. They've tried to replicate famous experiments and largely been unable to. That's another podcast for another day. So when I quote research or scientific studies to you in podcasts, I try to make sure that my sources are good, but I'm also aware that many things that are probably true aren't very measurable or provable with research and probably no one's going to fund that research anyway. But it doesn't mean they're not true. Hopefully that's given you some things to think about around the topic of scientific research. Let us know what you think. Enough for now. Have a lovely day. Speak to you again soon. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. Please help me tell others about this podcast by reviewing or rating it. And please share it on social media. You can find more listening lessons and a free English course at adeptenglish.com.